When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Athletes Unfiltered, the podcast made by the athlete for the fans. Now here are your hosts, Adrian Martinez and Jeff Ekstrom. Well, hello, hello again, everyone. Welcome in to another episode of Athletes Unfiltered. This isn't just another press conference. It is Athletes Unfiltered. As always, I'm your host, Jeff Ekstrom, and along with me, as always as well, Adrian Martinez. Adrian, how's it going, my man? Uh, It's going great. You know, really pumped up about the guy uh, we're talking to today and a lot going on in the sports world. Yeah, certainly. I mean, man, it's been absolutely crazy NFL March Madness going on and just everything surrounding that. The Oscars had incidents uh, last night. Um, But before we get to that, uh, we just want to kind of tease the guest that we have coming up. He is one of the best quarterbacks of all time, and that is Eric Crouch for Nebraska, won a Heisman Trophy, um, and just has continued that into his business post-football. Just an awesome guy. It's going to be a great interview, and he was great, Adrian. Absolutely. Um, something that I've always respected about him, and, and one of the first guys I learned about when I came to Nebraska, just his career, the impact he had on the state, on the team, and obviously winning um, – Heisman Trophy, but he's incredibly humble. Um, to this day, when I first met him, and even when I first signed in Nebraska, uh, it's not an obligation for any former player to reach out to the next generation, the next you know Nebraska football player. But he made it a point to reach out to me, and uh, I'll always be thankful for that. And I know he's still doing great things uh, in the community with his business. Yeah. It's a great conversation that reflects on his career and the things he's seen between today's game when he played. It's absolutely awesome. You won't want to miss it. That's coming up in just a little bit. But first, Adrian, I think we have to talk about the NFL. I mean, it's been absolutely insane in like on another, I mean, historical. I mean, it's just on another level on what's happening. It, it is, it is historical. I mean, I, I don't remember a time where there's been this much free agent movement. Um, you know, it's just like a, a complete shuffle, you know, and you could just look at the quarterbacks and uh, Russell Wilson to the Broncos, Carson Wentz to the commanders, Washington commanders, um, Matt Ryan, Colts. There, there, there's just so many big moves to Sean Watson to the Browns. I mean, there's a big mitten. And, and looks a little AFC dominated, uh, you know, Devontae Adams to the Raiders. I, I think um, it'd be fun for us to name our top two 
free agent additions and what you're, you know, we're kind of looking forward to most. I'll let you go first. And I, I have a feeling I'm, I think I'm going to win this. I'm going to make it into a debate and I'm going to win this. <laughs> okay. All right. So I think for the first one for me, I think is uh, gotta be Tyree kill and going to Miami. I mean, that's an absurd uh, addition. Um, now again, there's question marks of the dolphins and other parts of the team, but when you have Jalen Waddle, who is a stud his rookie year, add him with Tyree kill. And <laughs> you say, you just, uh, you just get Tyreek and Jalen together and you just say, you point to the end zone, the other side of the field and just like, just sprint there, just sprint there. Yeah, I, they're probably going to have the, the fastest duo in yeah. the NFL, uh, between yeah. those two guys. Now, the big question is how will they be used and how will Tua do in his, you know, third year as quarterback there? Yeah, I in my uh, apartment here we have a couple of Tua haters, so this will uh, <laughs> so we'll, we'll see how this turns out for him. I mean, yeah. obviously now with the addition, it's kind of like Tua has to perform now uh, because mm. he has no excuses. He's got oh, Tyree, yeah. he'll, have, he'll have plenty of weapons, yeah. uh, and their team. Uh, I believe they went seven and ten last year. Uh, Something yeah, like around along that. those lines, right? Because I, yeah, they started one and seven, then they won like seven or eight. They straight. won seven, eight straight, something like that. I mean, they have a good enough team um, at this point, talent wise. Uh, it is a bit of a tough division, and in general, a really tough conference, the AFC. Yeah. Uh, but by all means, it looks like they have the talent and um, the build, at least offensively, and they're a good defensive team last year too to uh, make a little run at things. Yeah. And now, of course, on the other side of that trade is the Chiefs. Uh, they signed Juju Smith-Schuster to kind of alleviate um, that hole. But that's, again, this whole Chiefs, not entirely so, but a whole part of this Chiefs offense was just the ability from Holmes to scramble and get bailed out by Tyreek coming along with him and just doing whatever he wants to and get past defenders. So that yeah, and- is a whole dynamic. It's fair to say that their offense and the way they they ran it uh, really ran through Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey as a as a duo. You know, how do we defend both? We can't play man coverage because we cannot cover Tyreek Hill. <laughs> we we do zone some form of zone. Kelsey's going to pick us apart and find our weaknesses. Obviously, Pat Mahomes is a big part of why that happens. Now, Kansas City, I, I really can't judge too much because they've done a great job of building that team. That organization is solid. And I think they've proven that I know um, from some of the things I've heard and in, in doing a little research that Kansas city typically doesn't pay these skill players once they're 30 years old. And right now Tyree kill, he's not 30 yet, but he will be soon. He wanted a long-term contract. It looks like they have more faith in, um, you know, their system and they, they don't think they need Tyree kill. I will say it's a deep receiver class. Uh, maybe they pick up a guy there. Uh, I know they have a couple other speedsters, but Tyreek Hill is he's a little bit different. You know, you can't really compare him to anyone else. He has a different level of playmaking ability. Yeah, it was a contrast of a football decision versus a business decision, and it was business that won out this time. So hmm. it sends shockwaves to the NFL when certain sides we uh, we comes around. Uh, Adrian, how about your number one free agent signing? Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with Devontae Adams. Now that's mm-hmm. not necessarily a free agent. I guess it sort of is because I they traded him. The move, yeah, and he got a long term deal. Like that is the uh, okay. I'm gonna. I'm fine with going here. 
They're going to give me a long-term deal. Um, I have a little bit of, you know, personal history with this one. I grew up a huge fan of Fresno State. Uh, I'm from Fresno, California. And in sort of my, my prime football fan years, if you will, Devontae Adams and Derek Carr were together at Fresno State. And they had a great year, broke records, um, so much fun to watch. And to see them reunited in Las Vegas uh, really excites me. I think they could do great things. They have great chemistry. Now, you pair Devontae Adams with Darren uh, Waller, who is a top three tight end in the NFL, with Derek Carr, who I believe has been underrated as, at the minimum, he's above average league quarterback. I think if you go back five years, four years, he was in contention to be an MVP. So, Given the right circumstances, I think that offense can be really deadly. Yes, it will be the toughest division in football, but I do believe the Raiders will will shock some people because their offense um, will be really good. Yeah, certainly. I mean, that's that's only two of the uh, the biggest ones uh, that we're talking about here. So for my number two, um, I'm going to the Chargers and I'm going Khalil Mack. Uh, they mm. fleeced. They fleeced the Bears. Second and sixth round pick. And I know Mac is a little old, but you pair yeah. him off that edge with Joey Bosa. I mean, dangerous. And, and yeah. In addition to that duo, I mean, if you look at the AFC West, um, the Raiders, Max Crosby, and they just signed Chandler Jones. I want to say, yeah. The Broncos, they signed someone as well, and they have um, the Chuba guy. Uh, what's his? Yeah, uh, gonna have to gosh, go back yeah. and look at that. Um, he's from NC State. Shoot. Yeah, that that we both know who we're talking about. Yeah. Unfortunately, we can't name him. Um, but they have another edge rusher that's really talented. Um, and then the Chiefs have a have a duo of their own. You know, um, so it's dangerous top down. Those, for being honest, right now the most valuable positions in football are the edge rushers and the quarterback. And yeah, add Randy Gregory to the Broncos and Chuba, and then that's Randy Gregory. Yeah, that's Randy Gregory. Go. Yep, and, yeah. and Chubb. Yep, and Chubb. Yep. Bradley, um, Bradley, Bradley Chubb. Bradley there it Chubb. Is. There we go. We got it. Okay. It <laughs> uh, um, yeah. Yeah. Dangerous. Now you're number two free agent signing, Adrian. My number two. Uh, bit of a controversial take, but strictly football assessment. Deshaun Watson is a top five quarterback in today's NFL. Mm -hmm. He has the ability to make plays with his feet. Incredible playmaking ability, right? Can dice you up if you want to keep him in the pocket. The guy has all the tools necessary to be an MVP in this league for the, you know, I'm not going to say every year, obviously, but he could be the best quarterback in the league. He has that type of talent and he's actually shown it on a bad team in a bad organization. It didn't matter. He still did great things and carried that team. So put him on the Browns, who at this current moment are, are immensely talented. Very talented team. Um, but we just don't know how his legal situation is going to play out. Yeah. Uh, and unfortunately, just given how our society works, how the NFL works, right? I mean, he is uh, a very talented football player, so he will get that opportunity again. It's just a matter of you know, when that's going to happen. Now, obviously I'm not condoning those actions. Um, terrible things he's being accused of. Uh, and I don't know what the truth is, but if he gets to play football, 
he's going to do great things for the Browns. Um, and he's, he's the kind of guy who's a, a solid top five quarterback in the league, which is a very valuable thing. Um, now, I don't know where the heck Baker Mayfield's going to go, but uh, that was a crazy shakeup in and of itself. Yeah. And then uh, Browns also nabbing Amari Cooper from the Cowboys, who was a – Cooper was more of a cap casualty because they couldn't sign him to a long-term deal there. Um, you got him at the receiver core, which is obviously in addition. Austin Hooper coming in as tight end. Um and yeah, yeah, now you talk Nick, about the uh, Nick Brown. Chubb and, and Kareem Hunt. I mean, yeah. those those dudes are are really good tandem. I mean, they have they have guys, a lot of guys to make a, a legit run. You know, yeah. when you, you plug into Sean Watson, yeah, just absolutely crazy NFL offseason uh, that maybe gets even crazier in the next few weeks ahead. We never know. Um, but along with that, as always in March, March Madness is going on right now. And Adrian, we're down to the final four. And as much as this year was about people saying all the upsets, St. Peter's going to the lead eight. It's the Blue Bloods that are into the final four in New Orleans this upcoming weekend. You have Duke and North Carolina going in one semifinal and then Villanova and Kansas in the other. Um, while I think it will still be fun, it kind of feels a little, little anticlimactic and how it all came together. Yeah, and, and that's hard to argue. You know, we had so many upsets and some fun teams near the end, uh, but it's the Blue Bloods. But in my opinion, I just don't think we've seen that as much of late. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe one or two, but to have four teams that are real traditional type teams, um, you know, three of those teams I hope do great. There's only one team I really don't care for at all, and uh, you know, hope they lose. I hope they lose badly. I'm sure we could all piece together. Yeah, my time in Nebraska, my time at K State. There's there's only one school there that has some middle ground. That, yeah. Uh... <laughs> so hopefully KU loses terribly. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think that's obvious. Villanova just wipes the floor with them. Um, and yeah, you know, I don't really care who wins after that, but <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, I, I think they'll shape up to be some really good games. There's good storylines, coach K North Carolina, incredible rivalry. Um, and it's, we'll see if he can go out on a high, you know, I think that's the biggest one in my opinion, biggest storyline. Yeah. I will objectively laugh very, very hard. If North Carolina just wipes the floor and just ends coach K's career right there. Just yeah, I hope him. not though. Stab, I, stab it sounds like you want that. <laughs> I got—I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I kind of do, and I don't yeah. dislike Coach K or anything. It just would be objectively hilarious, especially yeah. with what happened during the regular season too in his last home game. Yeah, well, TBD. We'll find out. <laughs> yeah, we certainly will. Those games are on Saturday, um, and then on Monday is the national championship but before that we have a big guest today he has a lot of big titles and you might know from uh his time at nebraska in the late 1990s early 2000 heisman trophy winner and a holder of too many awards uh too many school records that i can't even count it's former nebraska quarterback eric crouch eric thank you so much for taking the time man to hop on with us how you doing hey i'm doing great i appreciate you guys getting me on and i'm i'm still I'm having a tough time with Adrian in that Kansas State uniform there with that. Hey, you know, I'm, I'm just, it, you know, just a little strange, a little strange, but, you know, I, I got it. I got it. I'll be all right. <laughs> yeah, I have to, have to rock the purple for a year. So, yeah. is what it is. <laughs> that's right. That's right. 
And I guess just to start off by congratulating you, Eric, recently on getting inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame. That happened back in December. I mean, yeah, quite an honor. I mean, that's a pretty good club to be a part of, I would imagine. You know, um, I guess it's been 20-some years, 20 years maybe uh, exactly from when I was inducted in the, into the College Football Hall of Fame. So, you know, it uh, it just takes – I'm in a different part of my life right now than I was when I was 23 years old, so it just hits me a little bit differently. But um, it's just always an honor, uh, you know, to be – given any award. Um, I just hope that I'm representing the state and the university of Nebraska the best that I can, uh, and are in the teammates, uh, and all the, you know, former players, uh, current players, coaches. It's just, you know, I look at the program as a whole and, um, that's really what I represent as the program of Nebraska. Well, mm-hmm. let's hope uh, let's hope you can remember back of when you had your playing days and whatnot. We want to talk, <laughs> yeah, we want well. to, we, we want to talk to you about a little bit about that. Um, first, obviously, you're a Nebraska kid through and through from the Omaha area. Went to Miller North, played under the legendary Fred Patino in the wingbone, wingbone offense. Let's start right there. I mean, you go into Miller North and you go under Fred Patino. Uh, and that's, I think, really when you took over as the, a running quarterback in run, running that wing bone offense. Do you think that's why you started off as or why you developed as a running quarterback um, because of being under Fred? Yeah, no, Coach Petito was a, a great coach to me. And uh, he had a, a certain, um, you know, savviness about him that he really instilled a lot of confidence in his quarterbacks. And I think number one, that's that's key. You got to really believe in yourself. That's not a position, you know. As you know, Adrian, it's just a position where you're you're in a leadership role. Um, you know, I got a lot of weight on your shoulders, and uh, you know, confidence is key. And you know, he he built that for me. You know, he did a great job of um, you know just being so positive. You know, when you have coaches that are just always positive around you. Um, and saying great things about you. And it just, it just helps you to continue to get better every day and to really, you know, form, um, you know, a, a belief in yourself that no one can take away. And, and I do, you know, credit uh, Fred Petito for that. Mm, absolutely. Uh, that's, that's half the battle right there. Yeah. Attend no a Miller North game uh, recently at all? Um, you know, I've, I try to get to, a, you know, one game a year, maybe two, it just kind of depends. Um, I don't think, uh, trying to think if I made one last season or not, you know, this, this last year has been a little bit of a blur for me, but, um, you know, your, I support your, their staff. Your son's at, uh, Elkhorn, right? Yeah. Elkhorn South. Uh, my son, uh, Carson is a senior, um, at Elkhorn South and, and, um, but, uh, yeah, he's in the middle and play a little football. He's, you know, he was a kicker for Elkhorn South and played receiver. And, uh, I, I, you know, coach Jamrog up at Midland's going to give Carson that chance to play both. So I think that's really what drew him uh, to Midland, uh, and coach Jamrog. I really got a lot of respect for him. So I think it's going to be a good opportunity for Carson. Hmm. Yeah. And I mean, how has that senior son go through a different path than you did in terms of athletics and what, what has changed your perspective about seniors on do that? Yeah, I mean, it's tough. I mean, you know, you everybody's always comparing Carson to what I did in my my uh, you know career. So it's been probably a little bit of a challenge for him to uh, you know put a little divider there. <laughs> you know, because it's hard. You know, you 
you know, he got these awards, you know, everybody's asking if he's as fast as his dad, is he going to be a Heisman Trophy winner? And that's just got to be, I can't, you know, I can't put myself in those shoes other than knowing that that would be a really tough position to be in. And, and I've always told him that, you know, he doesn't need to play football. He doesn't, uh, I'd like him to play a sport. I think sports uh, have a lot of value in life, um, a tremendous amount of value. And uh, he's always gravitated, you know, towards sports. Um, started off with soccer and then he played basketball and then football and I played a little bit of baseball. And so he's, uh, he ran track last year and, so, you know, he's an athlete and I think, you know, more importantly, again, this confidence thing is, is important. He's got to believe that, you know, he's a different, he's himself and he's going to lead a different path in life and it's not going to be the one I had. And, but he's got support from his mom and dad to do that. And it's not like I've mm -hmm. ever, ever wanted him to, you know, fill my shoes, you know, I want him to put on his own shoes and be his own person. And I think, um, he's the first person that knows that, but not everybody else does, you know, and that's kind of the problem is that he always gets these little comments and it's just, Hey man, you're going to have, you're going to have those comments your whole life. You gotta, you gotta deal with that, but he does a pretty good job. He does a real good job. Mm. Yeah. And, and especially in Nebraska, I can only imagine yeah. that those type of things are, are constantly brought up, but the support from you guys, I'm sure goes a long way. Yeah, it does. Um, you know, he's got good friends and, uh, good coaches and, you know, good people around him. So I think that's, you know, really, really key. I know I had that. So, you know, I didn't do this on my own. I mean, I had a lot of support from all those, you know, outside factors that were always, you know, positive and there when I needed them. Cause you know, there are tough times and uh, you know, everybody goes through it. There's, you know, like I said, there's been, there's many times where I wondered if I was supposed to play the game of football, you know, and uh, you know, I thought that my early on in my career at Nebraska and, you know, even happened professionally. And it's just, you always kind of question, you know, if this is the right thing for you and, mm -hmm. um, so anyway, I think he's he's got a bright future ahead of him. Well, speaking of your early days at Nebraska, let's kind of go there. You decide to go to Nebraska, obviously, and you redshirt the season. They win a national championship that they split with Michigan. I mean, what was the decision process behind going to Nebraska? Obviously, they were a power at the time. Was it pretty clear to you you were going to choose them, or was there any sort of yeah. more decision process there? You know, that's a great question. Um, I've, I've told this story a couple of times and uh, it's kind of an interesting one because I mean, the, the background, yes, I, I am from Nebraska, you know, but I am the first born generation of my family in, in Nebraska. And, um, and they were Nebraska fans too. You know, they came here from out of state, um, you know, Air Force Base uh, brought them here to Nebraska. And so, uh, you know, I, I grew up with family members that were Nebraska fans, but I never, it wasn't like for me personally, like growing up, I didn't really watch Nebraska play a lot because uh, my youth football games were on Saturday at noon. So like all these games, all these games, are, but what my memories are of how, you know, avid the fans and the, I've had the coaches youth football that had the headphones in, you know, they were listening to the game and it was like, do we call a timeout or what? I mean, what, what call yeah. the play coach and he's over here he's listening to the nebraska game you know and so uh you know that was kind of my experience and then as i got a little bit older you know i got to high school i started realizing like man nebraska is like legit like they're like a, they're the best in the country they're be you know and um and so i started to really kind of learn more about the program i mean i watch don't get me wrong i watched some games you know i watched uh you know steve taylor play and 
you know, some of the, you know, Mickey Joseph, and I watched some of these other quarterbacks play, Jerry Godowski, like, but, you know, before I really got in, Tommy Frazier and, you know, I just, Brooke Berenger, I watched these guys and I'm like, man, this is, and then you start to, to learn about Tom Osborne and his, you know, history and just the program in general. And, and then you get that first letter, that red envelope with the white, I mean, it was a red envelope with the white end. I, I've got, I got them stashed away. They're sending me a letter every week. Um, so actually when I got down to it, uh, I decided that I was going to look at a couple, you know, three schools. I was going to look at Notre Dame, Nebraska, and Ohio State. And so I took my visit to um, Ohio State, and uh, I kind of surprised myself. I ran like a, a 4 3 3 40, and they made me go back and run it again because they thought they screwed up the time, and I ran the same exact time again. And I remember uh, it was Dave Kennedy, their strength coach, who actually made it back to Nebraska to, to be a strength coach at, at one time. And, uh, and uh, you know, at that point, I don't think they were looking at me as a quarterback anymore. I think they were looking at me as a PBR <laughs> wide receiver. You should have slowed down. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm thinking, dang, if I just would have like put on my high tops that day and ran my 40, you know, <laughs> but, uh, but they actually offered me a scholarship. So, um, you know, at the, at the time they didn't really offer scholarships and I came there in the summer at their summer camp and they just, so I was kind of like, from what I've understood, their first player that they offered a scholarship a after like the summer camp, usually the, Coach John Cooper didn't do that, and that was the coach at the time at Ohio State. Then I went to Notre Dame and, and had a great had a great camp. And um, this was all in the summertime, so I was just trying to make my decision before my senior season in high school. And um, you know, Notre Dame, I had a really good camp, like I said, but their stadium was under construction. Um, they never really got a chance to, to lead me through the stadium or see anything like that. So I saw some dorm rooms, met a couple of the coaches. And they always wanted me as like, okay, we're going to recruit you as kind of like that athlete. They gave you that, like this athlete mark, right? You're not like, Hey, okay. That means I could end up anywhere. Like went to Nebraska and, you know, I had that conversation with them early on and, and they said, no, we want you as a quarterback period. And that's kind of when things like turned for me, I'm like, I'm going to Nebraska because Ohio state's giving me this athlete label. Notre Dame's giving me this athlete label and Nebraska's want me to play quarterback. And probably sealed the deal right there. I mean, Tom Osborne came to my house and, and made a, you know, in-person visit. With, and, you know, not, that was, that was really key. The other coaches, um, you know, other head coaches did not do that. So I felt like that was, um, mm -hmm. you know, really important and really nice. And I just, I felt more, I felt more wanted, you know? Um, yeah. And so anyway, that, that, uh, and then the, to, the icing on the cake of all this is that, you know, I come to Nebraska and Tom Osborne retires my, after my first year. Um, John Cooper at, at uh, Ohio State uh, gets fired and Lou Holtz retires, retires in Notre Dame. So, you know, anywhere I would have win, I would have had a new coach. So that's college football. I guess yeah. that much. Yeah, hasn't it's changed. even worse now. <laughs> yeah. Um, are you at all jealous of the way recruiting works now? You know, like you kind of get to take official visits earlier. It's a. Uh, it's all over social media. There's a little bit different type of exposure. Um, or are you kind of in favor of the way things used to be? Yeah, you know, I've thought about that a little bit. Um, and I feel pretty fortunate to have done, you know, grown up in a time where social media wasn't around. And I felt like it was a little bit more, I don't know. Um, I, I see the pluses and the minuses of it because – you know, if you have that platform, it could be really good. But if you don't, you know, it could probably go the other way for you. There's probably a lot of athletes out there that maybe just aren't getting the looks uh, that they want. But 
Yeah. You know, it was a day, it, it was a, it was a day when coaches were really making a lot. I mean, these coaches were, um, you know, going and watching high school football games, you know, on Friday nights. And I, and I'm sure that happens a little bit still, but uh, not to the degree that it did. Cause that's how you yeah. saw a player. And now if, with, if you know, it Puddle, now it's more like a, yeah. it's a recruiting gesture. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, um, you know, the exposure, I guess is it's kind of a, a feel good thing. I mean, if you're going to these schools and they're showing, you know, you've got your, you're taking your pictures in their uniforms and you got their helmets on. And, and I don't even know how much of that is, is real, but it, it seems like, you know, <laughs> they do a really good job of it. And you, you're kind of like, wow, that that's pretty cool. Um, so like today I could see it's just changed. I mean, I was watching an old game of myself and it was like, gosh, you could kind of like, wasn't in high def and i'm thinking man, this is kind of boring man like this is this this is like garbage film right here but that's what we had you know so the images yeah. have changed a lot yeah without a doubt yeah <laughs> and eric you get there to nebraska and yeah obviously you mentioned you read your your freshman year and it was that um did you injure your ankle correct yeah so i came in my freshman year um i was a little bit beat up from running track the the spring before I got to Nebraska, I had like a, I had like a nerve problem in one of my knees. Um, and then, and then, uh, I ended up having a, uh, an ankle issue. So I got to Nebraska right away. They told me I was red shirting and I, I had a, a left knee surgery and a right ankle surgery. So I was like, you know, pretty, pretty laid up for a few months, nothing major. Uh, it was like they had to, I had like a, uh, kind of some, I don't know what kind of condition it was, but it was a blood vessel was constricting a nerve. So like the, from my knee down, my leg would go numb on me. And so basically they just went in, it was like an explorative surgery. They, they pretty much debrided around the nerve and I was, I was fine ever since I got a nice little scar for him to, to, to show from that. But, yeah, and then the ankle was just so an long. ankle scope. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. 16 of them. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. I yeah. Don't- those are I'm, are those injuries or surgeries? Surgeries. Yeah, I think I'm at. <laughs> Hopefully, you're not close to that, are you? No, I'm. I'm only. I'm at, I'm at like four. Oh four, shoot, yeah. you got a long way to go, man. That's shoot. respectable. Yeah, you know, it's it's not too many, yeah. but it's not not too little. <laughs> hey, you're doing pretty good. I think I had maybe five by the time I left Lincoln. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> so you beat me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. There you go. There you go. Something to feel good about. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are having 20 combined ankle surgeries and i'm over here just no major injuries at all you know that's be thankful yeah yeah exactly (laughs) that's something that i mean i think we've touched on it before but is i think a little underrated is the injury aspect in college football i don't think Mm -hmm. the average viewer or the normal football fan realizes just the physical toll you know amateur athletes and obviously professional but the mm-hmm. rehab, the surgeries, the, you know, constant grind that it, that it truly is, you know, for yeah. everyone, you know? Well, absolutely. I mean, I mean, I've injured myself in many of practices too. I mean, it's not just games. It's, you know, all the practice you got four or five times as much practice as you have the games and, you know, the games are, you know, a little bit different, um, but cause it's, 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 it's live. They're really coming at you, but, you know, in practice, you kind of wear yourself down. You got to, you got to be professional. You got to understand your body. And, you know, and, and when you have these surgeries, you have to understand, you know, uh, how to get back 
relatively quick, but not too quick, you know, so that you're not going to hurt yourself again. Mm. I guess, Eric, that's a good lead in to obviously seeing some of these highlights of these defenses that just dominated in the 90s. Going with them practice uh, every day, was it as brutal as it looks on film, uh, how physical it was just just practicing every day with that team? You know, we were a physical team uh, at practice. Um, we hit a lot, a lot, and a lot. We were in pads. Um, I mean, we were, in pad, we were in pads Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Um, and we were, hitting, we were hitting Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And so, you know, and there's quite a bit of live work. You know, we had like a couple of live sessions uh, each one of those days. And, you know, that's just kind of the mentality that we had. And it was, it showed, I think on Saturdays, the way that we played, it was just a different physical game. Um, you know, we were running the football and we were running option and we were coming at people in a physical way. And, and they kind of knew that. And that's, that just, that was us. You know, we weren't a great team at coming from behind because we, you know, we were going to chew the clock up and things like that. But, um, but it was every bit of physical as it was. It actually, I tell, I tell people a lot that the, the practices were a lot harder than the games. Um, the games were fun, you know, the games were, uh, you know, enjoyable and, you know, you're riding on emotion and, and that's what it should be. Yeah. That's probably how the best teams do it. You know, you're practicing hard enough and it's that fire, it's competition. So the game day is, is easier. And you guys had enough talent and discipline to kind of get that out of each other. I'm sure. Uh, yeah, because set the bar high, you know, at practice and, and hold people accountable to kind of push themselves during the week. Because I think a lot of it was just, you know, we as humans just have something in our mind. Like we think we're only capable of some certain limit, Mm. you know, we just feel like, Oh, that's, Oh, I think I could probably only do this. But then you start pushing yourself a little bit harder. You know, maybe your teammates are pushing you past your limits and you finally realize like, wow, I didn't realize I could do that, you know, and you watch yourself on film and it's just, um, you know, a way to get better each day and you have great coaches and all that stuff kind of ties together and uh, equals success. And I was real fortunate, you know, to be at a program like Nebraska at a time like that and uh, where they were, you know, like I said, that I was riding off that 90s Nebraska and that's, that, that's a, a decade of Nebraska football that will never be touched. And Eric, you get there in the midst of that and you come in your first year, 1998, was there any kind of a rude awakening um, going out there as a young guy um, with a team coming off a national title? Yeah. I mean, um, it's just, it's just fun to be around that. You know, I mean, there's, you just see how much fun, like, I just remember the guys having fun. I mean, it was, it was weird. It wasn't like it was like a serious business deal. You know, it was like, Hey, you know, we love to play this game and we gonna, we're going to play it at the highest level possible. And, oh, oh by the way, we're going to kick your butt too, you know, like, and they did it, you know. And like I said, a lot of that has to do with uh, culture and mentality and confidence and the mindset of, you know, just not be not be willing to lose. I, I mean, not be okay with losing or you know, and nobody really is, but it's just like, there's something different when you can put it all together, you know, the whole team aspect, like, you know, all three phases of the game, 
Um, you know, you try to squash some of the, you know, cancers in the locker room and you try to do a great job of, you know, of bringing people, uniting your team and your coaches um, as a, as a leader, as a quarterback, um, you know, those types of things are, those are the tough parts that people don't see too. Like as a quarterback, mm-hmm. like, I mean, and Adrian can talk to this too. It's just, you know, you're, you're up there on the, on the pecking order, you know I mean? And you're responsible for, you know, how this team reacts in certain situations. And, you know, I guess that's one, one thing that I always respected out of Adrian was like his toughness, you know, and, his ability to go out there and just play the game as hard as he could and take shots. And I think that's what people respect. Like your teammates look at that and they're like, this guy's not giving up, you know, like let's go. And so leading by example is huge, but also one thing that I kind of left on the table and I wish that I was better at was just being more verbal, you know, with my team you know, I was young, but I was, I'm pretty reserved anyway. Like that's just my personality. So, you know, I kind of wish that, you know, if I could go back and kind of relive my career at Nebraska, I think one thing that I would do, and this is a piece of advice to you too, Adrian, is that, you know, don't be afraid to, to, to stand up in front of your team and, and say what's on your mind. You know, it's like, whether they want to hear it or not, they need to hear it, you know, and that's just so important for a team because I think it, it, it builds a lot of respect because people know, you know, what ground you stand on. And I just wish that I could have done that or would have done that more. You know, I probably, of the handful of times that I did it, wish I would have done it at every single practice, like on a Friday, you know, like just, Mm -hmm. Hey, I need to address the team. How are we feeling this week? What's going on? Um, You know, I was probably better at, having my one-on-ones and my group talks with people, but I was never really great at addressing the team. That's one thing I wish I would have done better. So um, I'm sure you know that. And it's just, uh, I think it's an important piece. Yeah. Thank you. Um, That's an incredibly high compliment coming from you. So I, I do appreciate that. And um, you know, you and I share that, share that responsibility. I think we both know what that's like, Um, you know, and, uh, it's something I definitely cherish in my time in Nebraska and I'm currently in the process of, of, I believe it needs to be earned. So earning that, that, uh, that role here at Kansas state. So, uh, yeah. And it's, it's hard to beat those, those moments, you know, talking in front of the team, you know, whether it's practice or a summer workout or whatever Mm -hmm. it is, but it's almost like you can't get enough of those and probably the ones I'm going to miss the most. So, yeah, absolutely. Oh, you'll be fine. I got no, no doubt. <laughs> and Eric, was that tough? I mean, you said you want to be more vocal. Was there specific moments you look back on and say, I wish I was more vocal there in terms of and what were those moments? If you can be specific. Uh, to be honest, there's two of them. And it, you know, it was right at the end of my career. Um, we lost to Colorado and we lost to Miami. I wish that I, you know, I don't know. Um, yeah, I wish I would just would have been a little bit more vocal uh, during during like the game or halftime or before leading up to the game. And I guess I was pretty standard and business like, like I'm going to go in and I'm going to do take care of business. Like I'm going to do my job. And, um, you know, that that wasn't probably the right approach. I, I probably needed to kind of like I said, you know, I use that word unite and I probably could have done a better job of uniting our team in those those tough situations. Um 
maybe there were some other uh, opportunities to do that too. You know, you kind of look back, <laughs> I look back at the losses more than anything out of my career. And I kind of like wonder how we could have won those games still, or what we should have done differently. And, you know, uh, but there are a lot of great times too, that, you know, that I did things that, like I said, you know, didn't think I was going to be able to do or wasn't capable of doing. And, and a lot of that comes from just being pushed by coaches and teammates and, and things like that. And was about being more vocal. Was that something you didn't realize until years after you stopped playing or when did you realize that? Well, um, I think, you know, looking back and just going through the years, um, I think we all have seen when, when Tim Tebow gave that speech to his, uh, his team, um, you know, and, and he probably did that a lot, but, you know, it just gives, it just gives you the chills, you know, when you hear, you know, somebody that emotional and um, how that can affect the players around you, your team in, in that situation. Um, a lot of that is just how you respond to adversity. Um, you know, every game, you know, you're going to, you know, it's coming, you know? So it's like, how are you going to respond to it? It's going to happen every game. So better get used to it and you better learn how to get by it and respond in a, in, in a great way and get back on track. Otherwise, you know, the wheels start falling off and you can't recover. So, um, you know, it really was just a matter of like, I don't know, just, just being able to, you know, say the right things. Or like I said, with, when Tebow said, when he said that, it just made me think like, man, that was awesome. Like, I, I wish that, I wish I would have came up with that. Man. Was, that was, yeah. yeah. I was like, <laughs> Dang, man, that's sweet. Like I just, you know, I got a lot of respect for that. And, and there were, there were probably times where, I don't know. I mean, for me, I'm kind of like, I'd have to snap, <laughs> to like snap, you know, mentally to get there. But, um, you know, it just has a big impact on your team and, and uh, it, it can affect the game in a big way. Cause this is like college football is emotion, man. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, you're riding it. That's how it is. It's a fine line too. And in my opinion, you know, because yeah. the quarterback has to be the, the even keel mm -hmm. at the same time, you know, but there also needs to be moments where you, you get into your, lines ass or you're you're, yeah. you're this or that it's it's all mm -hmm. about reading it and that's that's definitely not easy but yeah no necessary. you gotta feel it you gotta feel mm -hmm. that too yeah yeah or if you see something and and um i don't know i mean a lot of that stuff can be worked on in practice too you kind of like okay let's just go but um you know and everything's under review now you know like there's camera angles from every which way and and so you know back when I was playing there, you know, there might've been a few cameras. Now it's like 15 cameras at a game, you know, you're catching everything, you know, quarterbacks over there, you know, having a, you know, getting chewed out by his coach, you know, behind on the bench, you know, there's somewhere they're going to find it, you know, but, yeah. uh, so it is a little different in that regard, but I agree to, with what you're saying, Adrian. I think, you know, you, if your head's popped off, then, you know, your, your, <laughs> your teammate go, geez, he just lost it. Well, we're screwed, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So I get it. Uh, speaking of that Miami game, how good was that Miami team? Uh, probably one of the teams that go down in, in history is one of the most talented teams, right? Yeah, no, there's no doubt about it. They had just player after player after player at every position. And, and they were highly talented, a lot of speed, a um, lot of size. 
a lot of those guys were drafted in the first three rounds or, you know, Hall of Famers, um, you know. So I, I, I give credit to where credit's due. We, we, didn't, we didn't deserve to win that football game. They beat us, you know. Um, you know, I could come up with a million excuses of why we didn't do it, but uh, I wish we could have made it a little bit more respectable. Um, you've got to protect the football. That's, that's important. But, you know, they were well coached, and they made big plays. I played good defense, and, you know, it's just that was the best team I'd faced in my career. So um, them in Oklahoma that year uh, were the best teams that I played against. Hmm. Probably Kansas State, too, back, back in 98. And I was, that, that, uh, that team was yeah, pretty good. I learned a little bit about that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I just don't watch, watch the face mask. Yeah. Don't, watch, don't, <laughs> don't watch that. I've seen that picture. I don't oh. want to watch the video. <laughs> completely turned around yeah yeah i know now eric leading up to that national championship game obviously losing to colorado final week of the season and you guys still be elected to being in that bcs national championship game first yeah. ever bcs uh, by the way um can you take me through the moment you guys learned you were going there because i would imagine yeah. while well, you guys still felt you deserved to go um it was still probably a little bit of a shock oh it was i mean it was heisman weekend when, when that happened. So no, I'm in New York. Right. And, um, and I'm thinking, well, we had that loss and we're sitting at like four or five somewhere in there in the ranking. And so like, I wasn't even thinking like we could play in the national title game. And then it started to like, there was a, you know, a, a reporter that came out with like, Hey, if someone's this team loses and then this team loses and then that team beats that team and that team loses. And it was this big, spider web of what ifs and uh it happened like all that stuff happened and so um they like announced it the very next morning while i was still in new york and i'm like oh my gosh we're playing we better put our heads on straight here we just lost a football game you know and we better get back on track and you know, it was exciting, you know, just to, to be there and be around that and, uh, you know, have that opportunity to compete for a national title. I guess, uh, you know, not everybody has that opportunity to even be in a national title game. So I look back on it after it's said and done. And I said, wow, you know, just pretty surreal senior season with all the accolades. And, you know, we still were 11 and two, which is a great year, uh, finishing the top 10, uh, which is a, a great accomplishment. Yeah, we fell short, fell short on the natty. But, um, you know, it was still a great experience. Mm. Now, I, I guess that brings up the question then. Do you prefer the BCS uh, playoff system or do you, uh, do you like this college football playoff thing? Um, I like the playoff. And okay. um, I like the playoff because I'm thinking about this. And the only reason I can say that is because if there was a playoff, we would have won, we I would have had a national title in 1999. I can guarantee you that. Well, Ooh. can't guarantee it, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, we would have been really hard to beat. Um, we were riding pretty good, uh, and we probably wouldn't – in my senior year, we wouldn't have been in it, right? So – or would have been close. Uh, so I, I don't know. I, that's the reason I say it, but I like the, I like the playoff game because, you know, you've got teams that are playing their best when it comes to the, the national title game, and, and that's what everybody wants. So um, I'm, I'm glad they got to that. I'm probably going to – be happy when it expands too. Mm, yeah. If and when. I'm sure, I, I think it's inevitable, really. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just with the, the given. If they can do it in division two, you know, they should be able to do it any division. 
You would think, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't even, I don't know who the guy is behind the scheduling and <laughs> you know, team yeah. that's going to play seventeen games or whatever. You know, I don't know. We'll leave it to them. Yeah, uh, exactly. But how was? Um, you, you talked a little bit about that weekend in New York, uh, the Heisman Trophy. Mm-hmm. I think that's every kid's dream coming into college. Uh, so what was that like? You know, it's yeah. a special moment, special award, and something you'll never forget. You know, each year uh, that goes by, it's, uh, it just seems more and more surreal. Like, how did that happen? You know, how did, mm-hmm. how did my body uh, make it to that level? Like, how could I do something like that? And then I always come back to it really wasn't me, you know? I mean, and I've said this a lot. Um, you know, I've had to, you know, start off with a tremendous family and, you know, great opportunity to be around some incredible football coaches in my time. And, uh, you know, Fred Petito, you know, starts back with my youth football coach. I mean, just get me excited about football and teaching me, you know, how to have quick feed and move and be an athlete. And then you go, go to high school, and have another great coach, go to Nebraska, have, you know, Turner Gill and Tom Osborne and Frank Solich and that whole staff. Like, you know, there's just, uh, you know, I was in the right, you know, God had a great plan and, and, uh, and it worked out for me, uh, in terms of my football career and, you know, my life, you know, I, I, you know, it's been blessed a lot of ways. So I'm very, very fortunate for that. Um, and, but, you know, back to the Heisman, I didn't think that, you know, that was going to ever be me. You know, I just didn't, it wasn't my goal. I was like, man, let's just win some football games, have some fun and, and compete yeah. hard and, you know, you know, let's try to hurt people. You know, <laughs> I came from the back. I came back and that, that was my, I, my motto was let's, let, if I hurt them first and I'm doing pretty good. So, um, but now it's kind of different. Cause I've like had these conversations with my son, Carson about hurting, you know, Hey man, let's just go in there. And, you know, that, that's not how you play the game. You don't hurt people. Like, you know, like, dude, no, <laughs> you gotta be physical, man. That's a, that's the way yeah. this goes. <laughs> so a little different mentality, but, uh, uh, I, I certainly understand it because, like I said, after 16 of those surgeries. But yeah. now the Heisman, the Heisman was a good thing, man. It's great. I've met some sweet guys and and had a lot of fun. And I really enjoy going back to New York City every year and and just you know, com- you know, camaraderie between the guys and you know, sitting in those meetings. And I mean, what I mean, I watched a lot of those guys play play college and pro football, and uh, they're my idols. You know, they're my idols. Like Barry Sanders, I just. I, I watched Barry Sanders. Like I wanted to be Barry Sanders and run like that guy. I've never, never could, but I wanted to. And, yeah. uh, and someday I'm in the same club. I'm, I'm signing autographs with him. We're in the same meetings. We're, you know, shaking hands and taking, it's just, you know, things like that. It's just crazy. And, um, you're in that company. You know, I'm in that group. I'm in that group. Yeah. And so, you know, I don't live my, I mean, I don't live my life daily thinking about that, but it is a huge honor to be associated with that group of guys. And, and, and that, that's prestigious award, the Heisman Trophy. Without a doubt. Yeah, without a doubt. So moving from from there on to the next uh, phase, the NFL, did you think you were going to play quarterback at the next level or was that never really part of your, your process? You know, I, I just had this belief inside that I knew that I could do it. I knew that I could do it. And, and I don't know that there was anybody out there that believed I could. Um, there might've been a couple teams, you know, coming out of, out of school, but a lot of them were, you know, moving me, um, receiver safety. Some even talked running back, 
Mm. And, um, you know, I just, that was kind of me my whole life. Like I, I was always wanting to be a quarterback. Like that was kind of what I saw myself as. And, and, uh, I, I think going through what I learned is that everywhere that I went professionally, they were all surprised that I could actually throw the football. And <laughs> it's because we just didn't, I mean, I didn't, I, yeah. we didn't do it in Noah North. We really didn't do it in Nebraska either. And so I didn't have that opportunity. And I think where I, where I would have succeeded most would have been going to the CFL right away. Um, you know, because I learned a lot about just space and coverages and, you know, where to go with the football. And, and, and that, that league taught me how to be a quarter, like a, a, a all around quarterback. That league taught me yeah. that. And uh, that I never got that type of coaching, you know, anywhere I was, I, cause I wasn't throwing it enough, but when you go to Canada, you know, three downs, you're throwing it. Yeah, and, you're slinging um, the rock. <laughs> yeah, you're slinging that thing, and you better be able to throw it far too, because it's like a five-yard out route. It's like a fifty-five-yard throw, so you know you better get it to get it together. Um, but no, I mean that's that's kind of what it was, and and uh, then I, you know, I, I had a you know up and down prof- professional career in terms of where I was at and being injured, and just the timing was off for me. And again, that that wasn't my plan, but. Um, I, I met a lot of great people along the way. Yeah. And I mean, Eric, I'm curious about your CFL journey because obviously two different countries, um, mm-hmm. two different cultures with that. What was the biggest like cultural difference you found within playing um, football in Nebraska and America here, and then go up to Canada and play there? What were the biggest differences? Um, I mean, I mean, football is football and, you know, I had with, with the rule changes were not a big deal. You know, the motion from the backfield towards the line, you know, 12 guys in 11, um, you picked up that stuff really quick. I mean, that wasn't, that wasn't the problem at all. There wasn't, you know, football was football. I think a lot of it just had to do with, um, you know, you're in a culturally diverse city. Toronto's pretty diverse. Um, you know, I, I lived on young street, which is their main main street in Toronto there. Uh, with an Italian family uh, for a year, uh, got to know them. It was just really cool to be around, you know, some of that that you don't get to experience being here in Nebraska. Um, you know, so, you know, that was cool. Uh, I met a lot of uh, people that became friends and still friends today. And, you know, from Canada, um, you know, they're pretty kind people and, and they love football and, and they work hard. I mean, you know, one of the things that was a little bit different that I was used to is that football wasn't life, you know, like mm-hmm. football wasn't life. And so it's like, once I understood kind of like the rules behind the CFL, um, they gave you four and a half hours a day. You had to get everything in, in four and a half hours. Now we're talking like in season, right? Cause other guys would have jobs. They would go, I'm going to go practice and I'm going to do my four hours here with you guys. And then I'm going to go be a, you know, a real estate agent, or I'm going to go be yeah. a, you know, accountant, or I'm going to, you know, own my own business or do whatever. So, you know, you had some time on your hands and it was strict too. It was like, Hey, for people were like, you'd have a player's rep in your room and he'd be like, dude, right. Let's go four and a half. We're done. I'll write this up. Don't let me write you up now. So, um, and then we'd go golf, we'd go work out, you know, we'd go see the city. It was just, you know, you start like, you know, that you enjoy life. I mean, you know, the league is uh, a little, NFL is a little different. You know, you're spending a lot of time there and uh, you're making a lot more money, but, you know, the demands are a little bit higher. And so 
but I enjoyed it. Like, I kind of wish, like, if I were to go back and do this again, I wish that, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, Adrian, you, you commented on, hey, it was like every kid's dream to win the Heisman. For for me, it was being in, being in the NFL, like being a quarterback in the NFL. So, like, I knew I could get drafted in the NFL. Why would I just say no to that and go to the CFL? You know, I mean, I, that would have been yeah. – that would have been tough, you know. Hard, hard decision to make, yeah. I, yeah. I don't know many people would do that, yeah. yeah hard to pass I, up that opportunity when you get drafted in the NFL, yeah. Yeah. You know, and uh, once you're in, you're kind of in. And, like, for me, um, you know, I guess there was just – receiver wasn't my thing. I just did not enjoy it and, mm. you know, and kind of went from there. But, you know, I think with you – know, my son Carson, can I come back to that and him playing receiver? I'm like, Hey man, yeah, there you go. There you go. Receiver. So <laughs> yeah. the light, the light bulb, like bulb was... kind of goes off a little bit. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> CFL sounds like it was a great experience though. It, it sounds yeah. like it was fun. Um, I mean, I'd recommend it. I would recommend it for anybody that's kind of on that. Um, I mean, right on that edge of deciding or having the opportunity to play in the NFL versus the CFL. Um, a lot of guys fall back on the CFL and it doesn't really necessarily have to be like that. Um, mm. because I think that I would have been, you know, based on where I was at in my career, I probably could have gone in to the CFL, made some really good money, signed a really good contract and started right away, you know, or had the mm. opportunity to start yeah. somewhere yeah. in the CFL versus like, well, now I'm just kind of like, now I'm getting thrown in there. Mm. So. Yeah. And Eric, I mean, obviously injuries played a part in you bouncing around a little bit. Do you think you played in the wrong era of football? Um, in terms of having success after college, in terms of your play style compared to today's game? I mean, without a doubt, a dual threat quarterback is just seen differently in today's game. Yeah, yeah. Um Tell you what, though, when I got my senior year, we got into shotgun. Oh, that was that was different. That was fun. That was fun. I was like, man, it got me about four more yards away from these big dudes. I'm doing all right back here. <laughs> I think I would have, to be honest, to answer your question. Yeah, yeah. I think, um, you know, at that time, not really comparing myself to Michael Vick, but he was like right ahead of me in the NFL. Like, you know, he got drafted in I think 2001. Um, and he came out early, like sophomore, junior year. And, you know, he was, he was like the dual threat quarterback. And it was kind of like, well, is this guy going to make it in the NFL? You know? Yeah. There was a and, lot of skepticism. Uh, yeah. 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 And so, but 10 years later or more, you know, they, and it, I think it just takes time. You know, you got some of that older generation of coaches that filter out and some of those college coaches kind of filter in and, you know, a lot of, I can't say this for sure, but. I can imagine like the next 10 years, maybe the whole NFL is running some type of a, you know, spread offense of some sort with a power game. And that's the game of football and it's happening everywhere, you know, using the field more. Yeah. Yeah. We don't see too much of that uh, Nebraska style uh, option anymore. You know, no, we don't, we don't, you know, you gotta, get, you gotta get a little taste of like the army Navy game or, you know, air force or, I think yeah, Georgia Tech still running it a little bit. Yeah, yeah, New Mexico. Yeah, yeah. Got to find those little pockets that are still around. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if Georgia Tech's still running it. I think they might have got a new regime in there. 
I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't doubt it. You know, it's hard, man. You got to put a lot of time in with that, with coming under center and running that. Ooh, that's, that's a lot yeah, of work. It's, uh, it's hard to recruit to as well, you know, now more and more, because mm-hmm. like you said, everyone wants to get to the NFL and, um, yeah. I think it's a hard sell for everyone. Yeah. You know, yeah. in my, in this last year in Nebraska, we ran a little bit of the option and, you know, we put a lot of time into, you know, the amount that we did run. Now, if that was our, our whole offense, I mean, that's a different deal. It's, I mean, I yeah. could do it right now. Just, I could no look pitch this way, this way mm-hmm. yep. to a target in, in here, in my kitchen, you know, like <laughs> just how many reps we got of it. So yeah, it is definitely uh, one of those things you have to hammer away. It's not easy to do. Yeah. It's time consuming. That's for sure. Hmm. And, and you take some shots too. I remember one of my very first starts uh, at Nebraska, I was running option and I was back when you could put the crown of your helmet, like anywhere on a QB. Yeah. I'm telling you, man, I thought I broke my jaw. This guy came in 110, I mean, miles an hour. He put the crown of his helmet right on my chin. Ever since that day, I that day I didn't have a padded chin guard, but ever since that day I went to a padded chin guard. <laughs> I wasn't playing around anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you couldn't. Yeah, I I know. Hey, what I can't talk like, about broken know? jaws though. I, I was going to say, I, yeah. I can't even talk about broken jaws though. <laughs> I was about to say I actually broke my jaw on, on a QB draw, but uh, that's funny. Yeah, I I'll remember my like welcome to football moment, welcome to college football moment. Freshman year, Colorado. I don't know. I, I think I scrambled off to the left, and I'm kind of like getting cute, dancing a little bit. And the Mike linebacker comes and tracked me down, smacked me, and just lifts me off my feet, lands full force <laughs> into the ground. And I'm like, "Oh, that's all right. That's why you don't see that's everyone don't do around all the time." Yeah, <laughs> it's a little too loose. But hey, uh, same, hey, we got something in common there. I remember Josh Sykes. I remember his name from Colorado. Mike linebacker there. I was doing a spin move. Don't do spin moves. Don't do don't yeah. those, those, <laughs> no. those. You lose track of everything, and then you come, you turn around, and you get lit up. <laughs> yeah, there's a guy yep. waiting for you from the inside. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, every time. Probably the hardest I've been hit right there. That hurts so bad. Mm. I'm sure we could swap stories about getting hit hard. For, <laughs> for, yeah, yeah, for yeah. a while. <laughs> I know, I know. It's a lot happens in four years, right? Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I mean, there's some uh, that among other things. What? If you could point to a couple things are, you know, hitting back to Nebraska are some of the biggest, I don't want to say burden, let's just say burdens of being a Nebraska quarterback. Uh, because I think it's a pretty unique position that not a lot of people understand um, just the responsibilities that come with it and sort of what that environment's like. And, I mean, it was the same when you play, the same yeah. when I played, you know, except there was a, a lot more success, so I bet it was a little bit more fun. <laughs> but. Yeah, well. uh, Winning does yeah. kind of cure some things, but uh, to answer your question, uh, a lot of it was all eyes on you type of thing. You know, like every day after practice, you're being asked for you know interviews, and you know you just have a lot of responsibility. You know, you have to watch a lot of film. You had to not only be in meetings early, but you had to be there late. And you know, if receivers wanted to get a little extra work, well, they ask you to throw you know for them and. And if you wanted extra work, you know, you got to get those backs and run and receivers out there. And so it's just, you know, I don't think people understand the commitment, you know, just overall time commitment to this and how intense the, you know, the mental part of it is. 
I mean, gosh, I don't know about you, but you know, I go back, and I don't think I slept one wink my freshman year the night before a game. Mm. Uh, maybe you're a guy that could just sleep, but, man, I'll tell you what. Not me. Yeah, I was up all night just running from my bed to the bathroom peeing. I'd be so nervous about the game. I'd be in my bed and then in the bathroom thinking, gosh, am I ever going to get to sleep? Like, what is going on with my body right now? This ain't normal. No, I'm with you. <laughs> it was some serious, like, yeah. uh, excitement and it nerves. Took to my, like, yeah. sophomore year, I finally figured it out, you know, like where my body just said, okay, you know, you can do this. And then I just started mm-hmm. sleeping at night before those games, and that was just a whole new – that was like, I think, when my confidence – kind of changed, you know, like mm. I got this, you know, and, you know, my freshman year wasn't like that at all. We were competing for a job every week and it was tough. So, uh, yeah, I guess that's a, that's a kind of like a rule of thumb. If you, if you're sleeping at night, not, you know, taking all these restroom breaks, then you're, you've got yourself to a good spot. <laughs> a little more relaxed. Yeah. Yeah. And now Eric, how tough, obviously, bounced around and how tough was the decision to uh call it a career with football and move on to other things you know that happened kind of like during my football days to be quite honest i mean i was uh, uh right now i i currently uh own a uh, a recreational equipment company that that uh you know i purchased back when i was 24 years old so you know i was still playing football and you know making moves going to cfl nfl europe um you know, all these things. And I had this business on the side. I didn't, you know, that's a whole nother story, but uh, 18 years now I've got this business and uh, you know, it's kind of a fun, kind of a fun business to be in and, you know, I enjoy it. And it's, it's something that, uh, you know, you don't know where life's going to take you, but on the business side, uh, you know, it certainly has taught me a lot about life and, you know, people and business and, there's another world out there. Like you said, the transition, you know, from football to other parts of life, like, you know, uh, it's not something that's going to last forever. You can't play football your entire life. And most don't play after college. Actually, most don't play after high school. Right. So yeah. like just to have the opportunity uh, to, to, to have this career and to experience the things that, that we are and have experienced up to this point. And, um, and I learned a lot from football and sports. I mean, I've carried like, this is something that I hope it happens. Like you'll carry over so many things from the game of football that what you're learning right now in your life to just in life in general, like everyday interactions with people, business world, like whatever you do career wise. Um, you know, I see a lot, I'm always like comparing things to like the football field. Oh, when I was in the huddle, you know, kind of a, you know, we called the play. It's kind of like this, you know, we're doing a proposal. We're going to call the play and we're going to take it yeah. in there. We're going to, you know, like there's these, you know, you start talk, talking football language and kind of never goes away uh, in business yeah. terms. But no, I mean, I pretty fortunate. Mm. Yeah, it, there are definitely, I mean, you hear it all the time, but the parallels between life and, and football and sports in general. Um, yeah. yeah, it's I've heard about your business and I, it's pretty awesome. You're able to find that while you're also in the midst of your football journey. So you kind of hit yeah. the ground running. Uh, was that a bit oh, of no doubt? Is that a bit of a transition though for you? You know, I, I'm assuming, I don't know what you got your degree in. I don't know yeah. if you had yep. a background in business, but um, mm-hmm. <laughs> how, how did you, I guess this is a question for me because I'm a business major getting my MBA right now. How did you make that transition so quickly? And yeah. obviously you use football a little bit in some of the lessons there. 
Yeah, shoot, it's kind of like my freshman year. They just threw me in there, you know. And it, with the business, you just got you just got thrown in the fire, and you know you got to learn. And I think that's the best way to do it. Just go do it. And um, sometimes you have coaches that can kind of coach you along, and sometimes you don't. And um, you know, in business, uh, it's it's it can be a, a grueling career because very com- there's a lot of competition out there and depending on what you you want to do you know that's not going to stop so being good on how you handle competition um at the at the you know college level and the things that you do will again translate over in how you handle competition in the business world but you know i i guess the transition for me was a little bit uh quick you know like it was like man mm graduate college and own a business, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, wow, before you know it, you're there. Yeah. Like yeah. what, what, yeah. what just happened, you know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, it, you know, good people own the company before me and I got, you know, uh, referred to by a, a friend of mine at the time who's, you know, passed away now, but he, uh, you know, put me in touch with this family that was selling their business and great business, uh, connection to Nebraska, a uh, football a little bit too. And, uh, so that was kind of cool. Uh, there's the guy that I bought this from his brother was Bob Churchich in Nebraska. And so he was a quarterback in the late sixties, which is kind of like pretty cool. And, um, so it's like, Hey man, I'm doing some, some of this stuff, you know, it's like what former quarterbacks do in Nebraska, you know, getting a recreational equipment business or something. So, but, uh, (laughs) you know, it's been fun and, and really the transition was easy. I've really enjoyed what I do. Um, we traveled to a lot of small towns in South Dakota and Nebraska. And, um, you know, we, we, we build, help them build their communities, playgrounds, splash pads, you know, scoreboards, yeah. bleachers, things like that. And what's been cool is just to go out and meet people where they like, they always had to come to me in Memorial stadium. Now I get to go out to them and see where they live and meet, you know, their community yeah. and their people. And, you know, it's been awesome for me because being from Omaha, I don't, you know, until I started traveling with this business, I didn't really know exactly what all the state of Nebraska looked like or how people lived. And so for me, it was just really cool to get to know people from, you know, Scott's bluff or people from, you know, you know, Gothenburg or McCook or, you know, just other parts of Nebraska, Valentine, you know, you just, all these small towns, I mean, they all have a school, they all have a um, city park. So, you know, each one of these towns could be a, a potential customer for us. And, um, it's just, it's just, it's been an enjoyable business. I will say that. Mm, absolutely. It sounds rewarding. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, and Eric, one of the final few questions I have for you, I'm curious, we mentioned, you mentioned a little bit back um, that obviously being a Heisman trophy winner, you get to go back to New York every year and see those guys. Now yeah. I'm just curious, what have you, what's been that kind of generational divide with, um, kind of the newer Heisman Trophy winners um, and them coming back as well. Hey, oh. Eric's not that old. Come on. Come on. Let's, let's still- give him a break I'm, here. You know? That's funny, though. You start talking about generations. I was just – I was looking that up. We're, weirdly enough, I was looking up – and I should know what it means, but I kind of know what it meant. But I'm like, what does a generation mean? A generation. You know, like how much time – and it said 20 to 25 years. Mm-hmm. Um. And, uh, so yeah, I mean, I think the biggest difference really is that there's, 
quite a few of them still in the NFL. I can say that. I mean, if you go back on the list of Heisman Trophy winners, there's quite a few that are still in the NFL. Um, you know, and those guys, uh, they're busy with their, you know, football careers and hopefully someday they'll make it back to New York city and enjoy the, uh, the fruits of their labors for all those years. Um, but you know, there's been, you know, guys that have passed away since I've been, you know, a Heisman trophy winner and you get to know these guys and their families and, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty emotional. It's, because you do start to develop relationships with people and, you know, and, and I do really enjoy, uh, you know, because you have this in common with them, you know, Hey, you went through this, you know, this award carries a lot of, you know, weight in a way and people recognize you for this one thing all the, a lot of the times. So we all kind of have this in common and we have a lot of respect for one another. And it's almost like we're brothers, you know, like truly family members and you know la last few years have kind of separated a lot of things for us because of um you know live events or being together in the same place and just traveling and the pandemic's kind of put a strain on that but i know there's a lot of us that are already chomping at the bit to go do events like i'm getting ready to fly down to um south carolina to go to george rogers golf event in, in june i'll be down in houston for mike rogier's golf event um, so it, that's a great way for us to all get, got, kind of get together and have some fun is play golf. So if you don't play golf, that's one thing you can do, man, is play some golf so you can do these things later in your life. But yeah, oh, um, I'm there. I'm terrible. Oh, you're there. I, you can ask, you can ask Jeff. You're terrible? Like I, Come on. QBs can't I know, be terrible at golf, man. I, well, I'm being honest. Like I've played with <laughs> golfers, like golfers at Nebraska who are good, you know, relatively. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm respectable <laughs> with the guys, but if you yeah. put me out there in some serious uh, competition, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not Tony Romo. I'm not almost yeah, a pro. Yeah. So what's, what's your, what's your strong point in your golf game? It depends a day, you know, yeah, right. Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> best days. The driver's on point, the bad ones, yeah, you know, yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm saying, Hey, my putter's doing great. <laughs> but... Well, we'll have to get together here and play some golf then. That, that, that's kind of, I'd like to yeah. see that in the chin. Absolutely. I'll make sure I get a couple practice rounds in before, yeah, before that well. happens. <laughs> One last thing before we go, this is usually Adrian's question. So I'm going to let him ask it. And I think Adrian, you know what question. Oh, okay. Okay. So uh, this one's out of left field, but um, oh what did you think about Will Smith smacking Chris Rock last night? Do you, did you see that? Yeah, well, so I mean, or the might be on Twitter or something like I that. I didn't see it live, but I saw it this morning because I like crash early, but wake up or yeah, crash early, wake up early type of thing. Yeah. Um, I, I at first I'm like, man, these guys are just they're this is a this is an act. This got to be an act, right? You thought so? You well, still think it's an act? Crying up there, and I'm like, man, this guy, and I'm like, but, but he's an actor. Like, yeah. like he's a Anyone really really good actor. He won best actor. He won the award for the best actor that year. He won the and, award, uh, so he had to do this. Like he had <laughs> to go up there and sobbing, and he said these things, and he really hit him. And I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm completely <laughs> off base. Yeah, I mean, he was screaming at the guy afterward. It was a weird dynamic. If if you've seen the video, I didn't but, see uh, it on there. But so my wife saw it. She's like, "Man, I think that that was pretty. That was pretty real. I, I don't think they were." I don't think that was planned. So <laughs> yeah. he whapped him pretty good, though. He whapped yeah, him pretty he did. good. Yeah, straight arms, straight hand. Mm. Yeah. I thought he could have – I mean, he might have knocked him out, though. That would have been 
weird because like if he could have hit him right in the spot or you get knocked out yeah how could he have been it how could you have... <laughs> that, <laughs> that would have been hilarious if that happened i didn't even think about that i know like he just hit him in that spot and he's like laying there he's like uh-oh what do i do now <laughs> i mean we're live takes over <laughs> yeah yeah well i mean it sounds like he had a little history but i think they put something up there like back in 2016 where he, he said something again about like her hair or something. And oh. I guess it just, you know, sometimes when you say something like you always kind of like think you're saying something and it's just like, people are going to be okay with it. Cause like, whether you're not, whether you're being roasted or, Hey, they're saying this stuff and it's like TV. So you think you can kind of say whatever you want. Apparently not. <laughs> I mean, yeah. apparently you uh, can get uh, smacked Good up. little reminder. You never know if someone's <laughs> going to take something too. Yeah right yeah that's right husband of the year award right there huh that's how you stick up for your woman huh go up there and smack yeah. somebody up yeah eh, some slight you know i like- did i did <laughs> i did see a little disclaimer they put on there um the uh um oscar like organization does not um condone <laughs> like uh would they say like physical like violence oh, or something. Yeah, yeah, like. violence. Yeah. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. I don't think that's, yeah, had to. That's just so, yeah. yeah. PC nowadays. It's hilarious. So <laughs> it is PC. That's funny. Uh, one last football related thing before we go. Uh, Eric, um, again, this is usually Adrian's question as well about the best player you have ever played against. Mm. Uh, well, um, a good question best player i've ever played against well i would say that uh you know mike brown i played with mike brown and against him because so i was on the same team in nebraska but also he was on the defensive side mm-hmm. but i always talk about mike brown being like you know one of the best players that i've, I've ever played with and against in a way um you know he was just uh you know, he didn't make mistakes. He's very physical. Uh, he made, he, he rarely missed a tackle, like rarely. And like, when you think about how important tackling is in terms of like yards after contact, like he always made the tackle is kind of like that, that player right there is who you want on your football team. Um, you know, somebody that's just downright dirty and tough and smart and he leads and you got a lot of respect for, for uh, Mike Brown uh, there at Nebraska. Give you a few good pops in there during practice. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. To, yeah he, he gave me a few good pops, that's for sure. Yeah. I had to remind you, I don't know. Yeah, that's remind me who pops. Yeah, there's a couple of those scuffs. You ever get in a fight in Nebraska? Like, not like in practice, we'll keep it, you know, nothing, nothing too mm-hmm. personal here. Yeah, you, you ever oh, pick a fight with some so. of the defensive guys? No, no, no. Um, I didn't pick fights. Yeah, I respect it. Yeah, yeah no. I always told them, I, I you know. I don't know. I mean, I was, I wasn't really the fighter, but you know, unless I got my, myself putting my, my back against the wall, then I guess I'd have to, but yeah. No. How about you? Did you get me, any like, fights? Yeah. Well, that's uh, not a fight, like, you know, physically crazy, but I will say, I think talking, freshman year, talking so- or what? sophomore year. Yeah. Oh, I, I love John <laughs> at the defense a little bit, you know, <laughs> but uh, it's, it's more like in practice, trying to find little ways to kind of get guys going. So I think it was oh, sophomore gotcha, year, maybe gotcha. it was freshman year. And one of the Davis twins, he kind of accidentally grabbed me and I kind of like fell to the ground and I, 
I go to sprint like I'm going to do something to him, you know, yeah. like, I don't know if he's they're 300 pounds, like can do <laughs> yeah, backflips. I don't, I don't stand a chance, but I'm, I'm yeah. going in there. Like I'm going to do something. And Ben Staley yeah. grabs me. One arm is holding yeah. me back. And I have the ball in my left hand. I, I throw the ball at the Davis twin. Everyone's yeah. like getting in there like, Hey, yeah. Hey, but Hey, we got a little juice now to practice. There you go. You know, there we you were, go. Hey, we were stalled out. Right. Yeah. You know, but that's probably the closest I've ever gotten. Well, the coaches probably liked it. Hey, this guy's got a little something, a little, little, little extra juice, like you said. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. We like this. We like this. <laughs> there we go. Like I said, if I could be a little more vocal, I would have done it. I would have been one. I would have started a few more fights. I would have jawed a little bit more. <laughs> I don't know. I heard there were some crazy dudes on those teams, so I don't know. If, yeah. <laughs> same era. You I would have yeah. tried anything. You, you kept pretty quiet. You know, those first. You know. Yeah, you just kept quiet. <laughs> the quarterback <laughs> knew where he stood on the, on that on that defense, right? For sure. <laughs> well, Eric, I'm glad you didn't quiet with us here. Uh, no, Athletes yeah, thank you. <laughs> that wrap things up here on this edition of Athletes Unfiltered featuring Eric Crouch. Eric, thank you so much for joining us. I hope you had as much fun as we did. I did. Thank you, guys. Yeah, Great thank time, you. Adrian. Um, good luck this year. Be yeah. watching you. Yeah, yeah have some fun. You. Don't forget about this football game. That's supposed to be fun, right? No doubt. No doubt about it. Go compete hard. Thank you so much, Eric, and thank you for joining us. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at ATHUnfiltered, both on Twitter and Instagram, as well as follow Adrian at MartinezTheQB. And you can follow myself as well at X underscore on underscore sports. And if you haven't caught up on all the recent episodes of Athletes Unfiltered, you can find all of those wherever you find your podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you can find them. That is where they'll be. Remember, this isn't just another press conference. This is Athletes Unfiltered. We'll talk to you soon.